to episode 128 of the Customer Support Leaders podcast. I'm Charlotte Ward. This week, we're talking about support's relationship to the product team. So stay tuned for five leaders talking about that very topic. I would like to welcome back to the podcast today, Matt Dale. Matt, it's lovely to have you back again here to talk about support's relationship to product. Awesome to be here, Charlotte. I'm, I'm super excited to, to talk about that. Awesome. And, and so do you think this is a particularly important relationship then when it comes to how your support team interacts with the rest of the organization? I think this one is a unique one, especially in a company that's a software as a service, which I know many of your listeners are kind of in that field. Um, at Illuminate, that's that's what we do is we build software for school districts. And I think support and product have a, a unique relationship and that support is the one that is um, I always talk about us as the voice of the company to the customer and the voice of the customer to the company. So we're kind of that middleman that's helping the customer understand how to use the thing that we built, but then also sharing back, hey, this is how that people are actually using it. I know as an engineer or a product person, you kind of imagine this is how it should be in a perfect situation. But it's kind of like being back in, in high school physics class where you know you're doing your calculations on gravity and you remove everything, you know, air resistance and all the other factors and you're looking at things in a very pure way. And I think I think sometimes engineers and, and product folks think about things in a very pure mm. way. When they get out in the real world, we start seeing real people use them and, and there's a need there for that feedback. And so having a good relationship with the folks on your team that are in charge of the product is really important so that you can help them make the product better. And that in turn will then reduce the, the friction and the pain that our customers are feeling which reduces the number of support interactions we have. So it's kind of this beautiful thing. If it's working well, um, you know, your job as a support professional is going to be easier. Kind of halfway done, isn't it? I, I think that, um, I think you said a couple of things there that I really want to hook into and, uh, and explore some more. You use the word voice a couple of times, support being the voice of the customer and the voice of the organization in both directions. I like to quite often refer to support as a translator. And, and I think that, you know, that kind of concept of us being that voice sits very nicely with that, that we do translate between what the customer is trying to tell us they're trying to do to what, <laughs> what we, the product can do or what the product can deliver or, or what we as an organization can deliver, right? So I think there's that translation. It's two-way, exactly as you said. Um, as you moved on there, though, you talked about the sort of product having this quite pure view of of what they produce the 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 the, uh, the product itself being used in the way they designed it um and no other way and, and once it gets out into the real world it's an entirely different ball game what do you think we can do within support to um bridge that gap then do you do you think it's simply saying this is what customers are really doing or do you think it's more nuanced than that um, I suspect it's more nuanced than that. I think at the start saying, hey, this is how customers are using it. This is what, what's going on is, is important. And having that clear uh, channel, you know, to communicate information and, and feedback, um, I think is really important. Uh, as you kind of dig into that, there's, there's a lot more that can kind of be unpacked there, right? It's not just simply saying, hey, this is how they're using it, you know, fix it. But it's kind of a, hey, you know, help us understand how we want to position things and help Hey, when, when they see this, you know, for example, we have a, a new product that we just released that replaced an older one of our products. And I was talking to the head of product yesterday, actually, and she was saying, hey, how's, how's back to school going? A busy time for a school software company. I said, well, you know, th this new software that we had come out, 
um, it's working well, but, but, you know, as we talk there, we don't have feature parity between the old and the new yet. There's a couple key features that people are expecting, um, but they're not ready yet. And the decision was made, you know, several months ago, Hey, we're going to roll this out anyway. We're going to give them the option to choose old product or new product uh, for the next six months or so, as we kind of work out the kinks and, and, and kind of do a soft launch, which is one of my favorite things, because anytime you say we're going into this new system and can't go back, let's burn all the bridges. That's, that's never a good day for support after, after that happens. Mm-hmm. But, but in, in kind of doing so, we, we realized that there were a couple areas where people were getting to a specific part of the process and realizing that in the new system, they couldn't do these three things that they were used to doing. And I said, Hey, you know, Amanda, let's, let, let's talk through this. Like if, if we just had a warning at the first step saying, Hey, if you're trying to use this feature this way, um, you're not going to be able to do that in the new system. We recommend use the old system. That's going to reduce the calls that we're seeing about this particular problem quite significantly. And it, it really doesn't make, a, it, it's not a major change to the product, right? And so for us to be able to say, hey, here's how people are using it. And we might, if we can make this change, that's going to really impact, you know, our volume and, and our customers' happiness. They're not going to get in the middle of this thing and then go, oh, well, I can't do it this way. I got to start over in the, in the old way. So, so I think that's just an example of kind of saying, it's not just, me telling product, this is what, this is what's going on, mm-hmm. but also kind of saying, Hey, like, here's how we can help each other. And here's how you can make a change. That's going to help my team. It's going to help our customers be happier. Um, mm-hmm. and just help us provide the right understanding for the customer. So I don't know. I, I think it's, it's pretty straightforward when you look at it, but I think there's a lot of levels. Right. There's, and there is a lot to unpack. Um, I, I think the, thing that you said there about support volumes is kind of an interesting way of applying some measure to the way product prioritizes this. And I think that's definitely like a really early thing you can do, isn't it? You can say, if you do this, we will see this impact. And and ultimately, support volumes are time and time is money to the organization. Right. So it's very easy to to argue things in terms of of like dollar savings, right? Right. And I think with product too, it's really important, at least in my experience of product managers and, and people on, on that side of the house, they tend to have a very focused, they're, they're kind of more of an engineering mindset, very, very analytical. And so when I, you know, when we talk to different groups of people, we need to speak different languages. We go back to that idea of being a translator. And I think it's important to understand who your counterpart is in that, in that product organization. And, and at least in my experience, a lot of it's been focused on numbers and metrics. And so collecting the right information from your ticketing system, being able to say, hey, look, we're seeing, a, a, we're seeing you've rolled out this part of the new product. We're seeing an increase in this area. You know, we think maybe if we change this or, or, or something, or how do you think we can reduce this volume? Because that, like you said, time is money. This is taking, you know, time on, on our team. And, and having that back and forth and that, that relationship speaking their language can be really powerful in getting mm. what you're trying to accomplish done, which ultimately is giving our customers better experiences because the mm. product that we're building is more thoughtful of how they're actually using it. Yeah, exactly. The The time is money thing is easy to talk about internally, but ultimately it's also customer pain, isn't it? Which, which comes down to, you know, which, which really affects reputation and, you know, um, you know, basically the way people feel about your product is quite a, it's quite a uh, a difficult thing to quantify, but but right. that uh, and so you can't easily apply value to that. You can apply value to and data to support volumes and and that kind of thing. The other thing I've often found is um, you talked about product folk being having quite an engineering mindset. I would also say that they have quite an idealistic and as you said before, kind of pure 
approach to their creation, right? I think that um, there is a tendency to say, to, to design a product almost based on wouldn't it be nice if. <laughs> that's that's been my experience you know that it'd be nice if we moved this menu here and did that and and you know we think that would be pre- better for for our customers because it feels better to us but of course they have that a that kind of that bond to their own product <laughs> but but also not necessarily that real world experience and that's the other part of the conversation you can have isn't it um you, you talked a little bit about this before just in terms of deflecting tickets but but actually where customers expect to find things how customers expect to use things um features it you know when they when they do exist is is something you can be really informative about as well and isn't necessarily the direction a product person would take the product I think, and I ran into this uh, several years ago. We had a we were a much smaller company, kind of in startup mode, and we had a, a, a brand new young um, product design guy, and he um, saw the world in these perfect, beautiful like let's have the right font and let's have the right pleasing colors and all this stuff. And he got very hung up on this is the perfect way to do something, and um, that was actually the he, he, we had three parts of the product that were redesigned and getting ready for back to school um, again several years ago, and that was the worst back to school we've ever had um, because we had these one area in particular is a key function of our product, and we went to version 2.0, and there was an option in a big box that the user could check, say, "Hey, do you want to try the new thing out?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I'll try the new thing out," um, and they try the new thing out, and there was no way to go back, and mm-hmm. the new thing wasn't feature full yet; it wasn't it wasn't done. Mm-hmm. And the, but the idea with this kind of this person was was approaching like well this is the perfect and they're going to see this and they're going to understand it and it's like yeah but and that's where we ultimately ended up like over the last couple of years we've polished his design and it, it's it's a good place to be now that it has the full feature but he wasn't looking at how are people actually using this he was just like this is beautiful and this is the way it wants to be and so there's kind of almost an arrogance there in the the approach and learning how to talk to him and, and being able to share and communicate better. It was something I didn't do well, and that ended up us having a really negative effect on support because we rolled out software that we shouldn't have rolled out. Um, as I've gotten more mature in my experience here, it's like, oh, having a close relationship and helping be an advocate for our customers internally while stuff's getting built before it's even rolled out is really important. So developing that close relationship with the, the, the different folks that are the movers and shakers on that side of the house, um, being able to communicate, making sure they know that you are trying to have the best product that we can too together. Like we're trying to build this thing together and we're, I'm just coming with a different perspective, a different mindset. Um, I'm here to help advocate for what we see is where the customers are coming from. You're here to help advocate for good design and, you know, good principles. Let's, let's work on this together. Let's build something awesome as opposed to kind of being adversarial and, oh, geez, like this is, can you believe what product shipped this? You know, this is terrible, you know? So I think having each other's backs and having that relationship is really important. That's it for today. Go to customersupportleaders.com forward slash 128 for the show notes and I'll see you next time.